Hello there. How are you? Welcome along to the podcast. Thank you for hitting on the button. Thank you as ever to the sponsors, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene V, who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations. The store physically is located in the courtyard in Montpellier beautiful spot but obviously you can contact them for consultation remotely at the moment through Bang Olufsen Cheltenham website and uh, also through the social media very active on there excuse me just got a message uh, from my producer which actually pertains to the audio I'm going to show you in this uh, podcast um well show you I'm going to uh, put in this podcast and uh, also wanted to say thank you to the sponsors the association with Cytoplan food-based supplements and coughs colds abound at the moment don't they in the UK which is really not only a concern around COVID-19 but also logistical complication um if like me you have to go to work if your kids are going to school you have to then try and find testing don't you which isn't always immediate so trying to stave off the regular seasonal stuff is is paramount for me at the moment and uh, always uh, take my immunovite and foundation formula and indeed i'm looking into getting the immune complete which i do pay for by the way a discounted rate we do pay for from cytoplan.co.uk so very much believe in the supplements and um immune complete the new one there which is trying to take that kind of preemptive approach to health as we head into the winter but if you go to cytoplan.co.uk and you want to get some supplements to, to optimize your immunity feel free to use my discount code draper10 d-r-a-p-e-r all capital letters then the numbers one zero thank you for listening to this it's a quick hit and it's actually a curious one i've just got messages from my producer at sky sports who i did this audio interview it's actually a video interview um, with a guy called Paul Daly, who's an MMA legend, I think 62 fights, more than 40 wins, more than, I think, 33 knockout victories. He's been a professional in mixed martial arts since 2003 from Nottingham in the East Midlands, but renowned. He's been in the UFC. He's now in Bellator. He's been in other uh, organizations as well. Still only 37, relatively uh, fresh, but I've just been sent a quote or a screen grab of a tweet from Gareth A. Davis, who, if you're a boxing fan, will know him from covering boxing, distinguished journalist, but also very much follows mixed martial arts as well. He's just tweeted saying, fight is off, Paul Daly leaves weigh-ins on a stretcher to hospital and fight with Derek Anderson is off, which is going to be a bummer for Derek Anderson because he's flown all the way from California for this one. And this fight was supposed to happen initially in 2016, but didn't. Um, Gareth says this has been confirmed to him as official by Commissioner Brandon Morse and hashtag Bellator Milan. So that was a big headline event live on Sky Sports Thursday night. Wait to see what will happen there. I'll show you or I'll put this podcast together. You can listen to the audio with Paul Daly's kind of insight into his mindset over the past six months, how he's coped with lockdown, the pandemic, the uncertainty, his thoughts on his career, when it's time to call it quits because that's something that I found very interesting on the sport and life concepts was, you know, with athletes, their heyday comes a lot earlier than most of ours. And, and when we're finding our stride in our career, they're often having to wrap up and, and look at doing something else. And potentially he will in the next few years, had a long career, um, albeit it doesn't seem to be uh, too damaged. He's very articulate, very lucid and cognitively seems to be very sharp, which is good. Um, but here's the, the conversation with Paul Daly. That fight, though, does seem to be off against Derek Anderson, who hadn't fought for a while and was uh, flying over from California. So we wait to see the clarity on that, but check out the Sky Sports website for information on that. But here we go. This is uh, an interview with Paul Daly for Sky Sports YouTube, and that will be up on the uh, – there's a video on there if you would like to check that out as well. Cheers, guys. 
how are you? How's how's Italy? How's the whole experience been? Yeah, the, the, well, the experience is good. Um, you know, we're comfortable. I haven't seen much of Italy. I've been I've been pretty much stuck in the room. Uh, even having passed the quarantine and got my COVID test, there's uh, pretty strict rules uh, surrounding this fight week. Yeah, and such are the surreal times. You, you think you may have um, rattled Derek Anderson already by being very chilled out and asking him where the buffet was. <laughs> Yeah, you know, obviously, because we're walking around with these masks on. and uh, So I'm at dinner last night and someone stood behind me. I'm not sure how things are working out. So, hey, so you're right, mate. Like, how, how is it working, like, with the food and that? And I, it's looking at me a bit, a bit weird. And I like, just clicked that, you know, it's Derek Anderson. It's the guy that I'm fighting. So um, I know a lot of people don't like to have that interaction before fights. I, I'm not too bothered, but he seemed a little bit thrown off by it. But it's Yeah, weird. yeah. How do you do? You feel there's an advantage for you that you've had that shorter flight as well than Derek Anderson come over from California. I saw a video with him not long ago, actually, in his in his camper van yeah. in California. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sure. Like, I'm used to making the journey to America, and I know how much of a stress it can be. And it was, you know, to be honest, it, it was quite nice to just be on a short one hour, forty minute flight, and be at the place I'm going to fight at. So. Uh, I know he's having to deal with those stresses that I had of the, the, the jet lag and adjusting to the time and just the fact that you're in the air for so long and all, all of that. So, but, you know, I'm sure he's prepared and it's not going to affect him too much. Yeah, no, look, for, look forward to it. How's your preparation been? Reading some quotes that actually owning your own gym has come into its own over the past six months. Yeah, so I've obviously I've got the keys to my gym, so it hasn't really affected me as bad as other people. Obviously, going in during the lockdown to check that everything's okay with the building and um i'm checking mail and stuff has also allowed me the time to get a quick one hour sneaky one hour session in <laughs> um obviously the, the gym is empty it's just me being in there so um yeah I've, I've adjusted to to that stage of the whole covid19 thing very well but initially if you remember i was out in the connecticut i was supposed to fight so you know mm. i think that that, that was what thrown me off you know but i was, I was a deeply in fight mode a lot of it is mental so I was prepared to fight and then you know it was literally an hour before the show uh the, the event got cancelled but since then I, I've been I've been okay do you feel lucky in a sense that you are an established MMA fighter you've had 60 plus contests do you feel more sorry for the guys at the grassroots that are trying to break into the sport at the moment yeah definitely um I know that the from from sparring with a lot of the young guys, this has been a, a hard time for them. I know a lot of the sponsors have helped pull them through, but you know, guys that have just started to build a lot of momentum have sort of been thrown off course, and and they're like, you know, even guys that may have just recently left their full time job to pursue MMA full time have sort of you know fell on difficult times. Um, but being the fighters that they are, they're, they're finding a way to get through. It's not ideal. It's not ideal. What do you expect from Derek Anderson? Because you were supposed to meet, weren't you, back in, in 2016. He's only had, I believe, yeah. four, four fights since then. Not very active. He's had car accidents. He's been talking about that. Do you feel that that could play into to your advantage, his lack of rhythm and, I guess, experience in the arena? Uh, you know, Derek's a tough guy. I've, I've watched his fights and I give him that credit. He's a tough, um, come-forward fighter. And he fights pretty much the same way. You know, he's decent all round, but he, he'll stand in, he'll trade. And if the flight goes to the floor, um, you know, he's quite capable of taking care of himself there. But for me, you know, there's the inactivity and there's also the fact that he's coming up from 155. I, I fought my whole career 
at 170. I'm not the biggest guy, but I've been in there with the biggest guys and I've got that strength. I've got used to feeling the punches and obviously being a knockout artist myself, I'm knocking these bigger guys out. And I think that's going to be the difference. Um, we share a common opponent inside Awad and he also normally fights at 155. And I said that pre-fight um, when I was asked about him as well. I says, look, he's a 155er. I'm a big heavy hitting 170 guy. And I think, you know, that was the difference. I just caught him once clean and it was game over. And I think this fight's going to go the same way. It will be competitive for a while, but I will land it and it will just take that one punch and it will be game over. It's just the one punch. Is that 15 pound difference. It's that, that impact or is it the cumulative effect sometimes of the, of the punches when you come up? That's the difficult I think it's... I think it is accumulative in the fact that it's disheartening. When he feels, although I'm smaller than him in terms of height and, and, and that, when he feels how strong I am physically, and I know it takes a lot of my sparring partners by surprise as well because I'm a short guy for the division, but when he feels the, 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 the strength and the power, and mentally I think that's going to break him straight off. Mm. And then the accumulation of, of those punches as well, um, not that it's going to do something to him physically, but I think it just makes people want to quit because every punch, every kick is going to hurt. And, uh, yeah, it's either either quit or get knocked out. You, you'll know the height difference because you, you bumped into him in the hotel, but he's listed at six feet. What do you make of quotes him saying he wanted to fight Michael Venom Page more than you because he doesn't like being the taller guy in an exchange. He likes being the shorter guy, even though he's coming up from a, a lower weight division. What do you make of that? Is that something that you can exploit, perhaps? Uh... He didn't seem that that to to be fair that I didn't really have a clear vision of what he was like in terms of part from the last time I met him, and to say he's six four or less than six one is he's not that much bigger than me. So I don't know if he's lying or like I do, just trying to boost his height a bit. I'd probably say he's like five eleven. He has got a long reach, but I'd say he's about five eleven. Um, he will be taller than me, but like I say, what seventeen years in the game, I'm I'm always the shortest guy in there and. I've, I've adapted to uh, fighting these bigger guys, and I do pretty well at it. What, 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 how, does you, how do you feel about your long-term plans uh, as well? Obviously, you have done very well against um, the taller guys in the past, but you said you mentioned previously you had three interesting fights. Has the yeah. COVID pandemic changed the picture for you, or do you remain on course for, for that? I think, yeah, I think, like I said, I've got three fights with Bellator on my current contract. This being one of them, I would like to challenge for the title, you know, Douglas Lima's, Lima's going up to middleweight, so it sort of mm. leaves the, the, the belt sort of hanging around a bit. I've already beat the guy that uh, Scott Coker's calling the number one contender in Lorenz Larkin. I knocked him out. Um, and I, I with, with, you know, other top fighters retiring and, and moving to other organisations, I, I believe that after dealing with Derek Anderson, I should be in line for fighting for a title. I thought the Michael Page rematch would be interesting. Um, and I think it would be a massive fight for the UK, especially if we got an audience and especially if the belt was on the line. But there are other interesting fights out there. I'm, I'm just, I just want to be in the best fights I can be for these three fights and then we'll take a look at the landscape after that. How, how would you approach it differently if you would at the, the Michael Page fight again? If you were to, I know you, were, you felt you, you won the first one. What, what would yeah. you do differently, if anything? Uh, I don't know. Um, to be honest, even though it seemed as though I had a, had a game plan um, in that fight by taking him down, I, I would approach it the same way in that I had no game plan. I knew what his strengths were um, and I just went in there to fight and I, I'd, I'd do the same thing again. 
um, I'd just go and fight and whatever, whatever presented itself to me, I'd take it. Mm. It's, it's interesting you mentioned Lima as well. I just wonder what your thoughts were on two weight champions. Obviously, it seems that Bellator had, has maybe encouraged that in the sense that Brian Bader was there, Patricio Freire, Pitbull as well. Um, champion, champions, what do you make of that though, in a sense? Does it hold up divisions? Do you, do you, are you against it? Because obviously, there's a, time, there's a time constraint there as well, isn't it, fighting in two divisions? Yeah, I think it does hold up divisions, and I think it's a little bit. I think they're a little bit overkill now. I think everybody's <laughs> doing it in all the organisations. I think you know initially it was interesting, you know, two weight champions and all of that. But now, whenever and it, nobody can think of anything else to do, that seems like their go-to thing. Rather than taking on these young up-and-comers, giving them an opportunity to break through in the division that they're in, everyone's quick to jump up and want to take on the guys in the, in in the other divisions. Hmm. You know, it, it was interesting the first few times, but, but for me, I think that, you know, rule your division um, and just continue just to do that. I, I'm, I'm over the whole uh, dual weight champion thing. Balls me. How do, you, how do you see Douglas Lima getting on in a, in a middleweight title fight? Do you think he's got the, the weapons to step up? <laughs> I think he's probably best off up there because this is a scary-ass motherfucker <laughs> a welterweight. So I'm happy if he goes up there, wins the belt, and he stays there. That would, that would be uh, <laughs> the best thing for, for, for me. But no, you know, Douglas is a nice guy. I get along with him. I think he, he, he stands a very good chance in, in the fight. You know, he's big, he's strong, punches very hard. Um, but is in against one of the best um, in Masassi. So it's a very, very interesting fight. Yeah, Gegard Masassi is going to be a good, a good one there. I just want to talk about, you know, you talk about your future at 37 years of age, 17-year yeah. veteran. Do you think about your legacy in terms of British MMA fighters? Um, talk about Michael Bisping, Dan Hardy, Brad Pickett. Do you sort of, do you talk about where you might rank in, in, in that company or is it something that that's for other people to do? That's for other people to do. And, uh, you know, my coaches often push me to try and be more vocal about what I've done and what I've achieved over these 18 years. But it means a lot more to me when I don't have to speak and uh, people just say, shit, you know, this fucking Stemtex has been around for, for God knows. You know, I, I was sparring with some, some kids that are on this, this card as well. And when I was cage rage world and British champion, they were 12 years old, <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, which is mad. And now I'm sparring these guys fighting on the same card. And I even forget how long I've been in the game and how, how long I've been fighting and the names that I've fought and what I've achieved. And uh, I think that's what stood me in good stead. I don't really rank myself and, and try and, you know, fill myself too much. I just get on with the job and then leave, leave all that stuff to other people. And how important is the experience to, for your confidence as you get older? Because, all right, people will say the body ages, but presumably the mind gets uh, more savvy as you go as well. Yeah, I, I think so, definitely. I, I do have a, a slightly more, especially with training. I think more so than training, my approach to training has changed a lot. Um, um, I understand my body a lot more. I understand what I need to do and keep, to get in fight shape and, and, you know, the box that I need to tick to be ready for fights. And that, that's what I've learned over the years, more so than anything, um, you know, in, in the cage. Do you know? Do you know what would you? Do you know when you'll be ready to retire? In terms of, is it is it a physical thing? Is it a mental thing? You don't longer want to get in there and, and do the punishment. Do you, do you have any idea think, when you'll know? Think, how you'll know? I think it's mental. I think it is mental. You know, even even in the run up to this fight, you know, oh, bloody hell, you thinking how oh, I've got to get shape again? Even though I wasn't it too bad in in lockdown, but then you know, if they, if you start turning that wheel 
and you're not enjoying running on that wheel and you're not enjoying it, then it's time to stop. But once the wheels are in motion, I was, I was like, oh yeah, this, this is what I do. This is the feeling that I was missing. So as long as that's still there, then I'm, I'm good to carry on. When that goes, when you, know, you, get, when you sign the contract and you go on your first run and you're not feeling it, then it's, then it's time <laughs> to stop. Well, you're inspiring all of us in our 30s to, to keep going. <laughs> Well, so that, that's good as well. People will think of you and associate you with Bellator, I think, in terms of yeah. MMA legacy. But of course, you've been so experienced. Debut in 2003. You fought in the UFC as well. Um, I suppose names we associate are your, your, your name, but Pitbull, uh, Bader, and Michael yeah. Chandler, though, has left the company to go to UFC, uh, perhaps as an understudy for the Khabib-Justin Gaethje fight. How do, you, how do you see that as a significant move? In a way, is it a compliment to Bellator now that the, the organisation has these fighters that UFC wants to, to poach? Uh, yeah, well, definitely it's a compliment to Bellator, but I think we've seen it throughout the history of MMA that if you do excel in an organisation, no matter how big or small it is, um, often the bigger dogs do come, come looking for you. And, you know, Chandler's a good guy, um, loves the social media, is very good at marketing himself. He, he looks the part. Um, physically and he performs well so it makes sense for for uh, a bigger organization to be interested in him how will he do when he gets there you know I don't know I think I think the UFC presents different different problems for him than he than he would have had to face here at Bellator but you know he, he he's a he's a tough guy he's done well and I understand the process the thought process in him going to the to the other other organization how have you seen the, the rise of Bellator? Do you feel the stable, the stock of fighters has improved in your, in your time there and that it's, it's becoming more of a significant challenger to, to UFC? Yeah. And I, I, did you know, I, I think what Scott is very good at is growing, growing uh, fighters. You know, we do what we take a few. Well, but I say we, as I'm running this shit, <laughs> but you know, Scott, Scott takes a few of the, few of the big names from other organizations, but, I think he's very good at building up fighters. He's very clever. He knows what he's doing in terms of creating superstars. And I, I enjoy that. I'd rather, you know, fight these up-and-coming stars than, than uh, be amongst people that are, that are, you know, trying to draw a pension like I will be doing soon. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I like fighting the young guys. So, yeah. Yeah. Keeps you, keeps you young, doesn't it? Exactly. <laughs> Even if they are hitting you in the face. Um, it, <laughs> It's, uh, it's interesting that you mentioned Scott Coker there. How, how do you compare and contrast? Because you had your, your run-ins with, with Dana White as well. Is it, is it more a softly, softly approach with Scott? Do you feel that he builds it more slowly and less dramatically maybe than Dana? Is yeah, I think, I think his, Scott, Scott's approach is, like I say, is very much of finding stars. His talent is in growing stars. He's very good at, you know, finding an, an unpolished stone and polishing it up and then, pushing it on and unfortunately what happens when he does that is when he finds these star policies and pushes them on they do tend to go to the biggest show um which has happened even before scott was here at bellator when you know i've been with scott at strike force as well one of the other organizations he was a ceo of and uh, it happened there as well um but yeah he does take a more he's he's more or less visible obviously uh, dane is at the forefront of his promotion scott is 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 a guy that stands in the shadows and pulls the strings. Yeah, no, it's an interesting contrast, both going well as well. Um, on that note, though, people, you're obviously in the UK, I don't know if you're a boxing fan, has been talking in the UK in combat sports yeah. about Frank Warren has, has reached out to Eddie Hearn's stable, wants to have cross-promotional fights there. Could you envisage that happening without fans? There's, 
the organizations want to maximize profit. What about a UFC Bellator card? Could you ever imagine that happening? It's, it's a hard one because I don't know how the relationship, you met, I don't know how the relationship with Scott and Dana. It would make sense. Um, I think there's a lot less politics in MMA than there is in boxing. So if it, if it could happen in either sport, it's probably smoother to go through in, in MMA than it would be um, in boxing. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd think it would be very interesting. And I think it'd be something they could uh, do straight away, especially now that Nick Diaz is making his return. And, you know, I, I had, a, had a great fight with Nick over at Strike Force that a lot of people seen. It was a, a crazy swing fest, I'll call it, just swinging for windmilling punches till, uh, till the end. It was, enter it was entertaining. Um, so that, that's who you'd want, is it? Because I was wondering about Leon Edwards as well, if you, if you had a kind of cross-promotional matchup. Leon Edwards is, is, again, someone that I get along with, but um, I think Leon deserves, not that he deserves better, because I would, I would be a tough fight for him, but I think he, he's overlooked, and I think he, he should be fighting for a title or, or mm. fighting someone that puts him into the title picture. But whereas Nick Diaz is, you know, Nick Diaz. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure Leon will be upset. His brother Fabian had his first defeat at the weekend, actually. So interesting to see how yeah. the, uh, the Edwards um, recovered from that. Tell us then, finally, we're going to watch you on Sky Sports on Thursday. Looking forward to it. Uh, how do you see this one going against Derek Anderson, Paul? This fight is going to go as all my fights go. This guy's going to get smashed. He's going to be shocked when he feels the power and he's going to get knocked out. As nice as the kid he is, you know, this is the business, this is the hurt business, and I'm going to smash him up, basically. Maybe see him at the buffet afterwards. After. Maybe see him at the buffet afterwards. <laughs> Definitely. Paul, really appreciate your time, and best of luck. Yeah. And enjoy Milan in the limited way you can, and best of luck. Yeah. So surreal, uh, just getting these messages now off the back of listening to Paul Daly interview there, very upbeat FFS. And when did we record that? We recorded that on Monday morning, I believe. Uh, he was in Milan, Italy, ahead of the Thursday night fight. So it's Wednesday morning now. Getting these messages, Gareth A. Davis, a reporter on the spot, saying it's been confirmed that the fight is off and Paul's had to go to hospital. Presumably, just some messages with my producer, Mark, uh, that is dehydration from trying to make weight. 170 pound limit in uh, Bellator for the welterweight division, which is 12 stone two. Don't know the kilograms. Um, he's a thick set guy, five feet nine inches tall. We talked about that there, but um, very muscular. Obviously, don't know whether it's just the out of practice with, with with the whole process being in Milan, being in the in the confinement. Maybe you burn less calories. Who knows quite how the training access has been? We'll have to wait and see. But clearly not been timed right, which is a real shame because we've been in this pandemic for six months. Paul and Derek Anderson haven't been paid as a fighter, presumably got sponsorship and so on and so forth. But that is a real shame. And I wish Paul well in a speedy recovery. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you to the sponsors as ever. Bang & Olufsen of Cheltenham and – I keep saying Cheltenham when I do that, very posh. Cheltenham and Serene AV, who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands providing solutions based around high-quality customer service and installations. And cytoplan.co.uk as we head into the autumn and the winter, particularly in the UK. I know coughs and colds are abound. Talked about that with my father at the weekend, Dr. Mark Draper, nutritionist and uh, also general practitioner, doctor, and he's been a consultant to Cytoplan 
and he's very much an advocate of filling the nutritional gap with uh, supplementation because of uh, soil uh, samples, lack of trace elements in, in the UK, in particular in our food, so it's not necessarily as healthy as we believe it is or as, as replete as we believe it is with with good things selenium zinc vitamin c vitamin d we talked about the sunlight as well and you can get that through supplements uh, to kind of complement that to get that d3 which is the uh, the part that perhaps we don't get without sunlight we need supplementation to get there um go back and listen to that podcast for the detailed uh, sort of uh, science of it all but cytoplan.co.uk c-y-t-o-p-l-a-n.co.uk and you get 10 percent discount so i hope you kind of got something out of the paul daily interview let me know how you feel about that just chatting to these guys stuff from my work at sky sports which i'm um uh, doing on the side as well at the moment because my day job is a broadcaster for Sky Sports News, but I've been down to about three quarters shifts just to to COVID situation and social distancing at work. We changed the the amount of people can be in the building at any one point, the amount of presenters can be on the television subsequently on set at any one point. So let me know what you think uh, of these if you like them. Ed Draper eighty one on Twitter, Ed underscore Draper eighty one on Instagram. And you can uh, rate it on iTunes. It'd be fantastic or whichever platform you're using. Thank you for listening, guys, and have a good rest of the week. 